This morning, we'll have a look at vetting your realtor and your expectations when it comes to real estate. The question we'll ask our guest uh, later on is the market softening. There's some signs that it may be. And John, what are the stories that we're talking about on Vancouver Real Estate Today? Another busy week, as is always the case in Vancouver, Ian, and Vancouver's mayor saying the city will forge ahead with taxing empty homes with or without the province's support. Today, I'm confirming that the city will take action on taxing empty homes with or without the help of the BC government. And ideally, it's with the support of the BC government. Next week, Council will consider a staff report uh, that outlines some clear next steps for implementing an empty homes tax. And that report is now available online at vancouver.ca. It's on the uh, committee agenda for council agenda for next week. And there are two ways uh, proposed that we move forward for an empty homes tax. The first is to work with the BC government to create and administer a new, uh, what's called a resident residential vacant tax. Uh, that's a property tax class through BC assessment that's specific to uh, vacant homes. Uh, since this uses the data that is already collected on primary residents and rental income as well, this is the preferred option. If we don't uh, get the cooperation of the province, then the second option for the city is to establish and charge a new business tax on empty uh, or under-occupied homes that um, are being held as investments with the revenues collected on that empty home business tax going towards funding other affordable housing initiatives. This option would require significant additional cost, uh, administration and enforcement action from the city, so it's more complex to uh, take that route. Either way, Vancouver is moving forward with this empty home tax and putting thousands of empty homes uh, onto the rental market. And we will ensure in the process of designing this that we consult with the public and all the housing stakeholders that are involved in this. At the recommendation uh, of the city, I will be writing to Premier Clark and asking for her support in creating this residential vacant uh, property tax class. If we don't receive a written response uh, confirming a commitment from the BC government by the 1st of August, uh, then uh, we are going to have to take action on our implementing the city's option, which is the business tax uh, class. We'll move forward on that on our own uh, after the beginning of August. Uh, if we don't hear uh, the province's commitment to the residential vacant ha tax. So this uh, next step, establishing an empty home tax, is really a promising first step to create a more level playing field in the market uh, and also uh, to ensure that there's more rental housing available in city when vacancy is almost non-existent. I will continue to advocate to our BC and our federal government for support in this uh, affordable housing crisis that we face. Uh, the need for a luxury home sales tax and a speculation tax continues to be very urgent. Uh, the importance of the federal government addressing uh, the market issues is very important and uh, at City Hall we will continue to pursue every option we have to create opportunities for more affordable housing for Vancouverites who are struggling to find that housing right now. Vancouver Mayor Gregor Robertson talking about the city's plans to forge ahead with taxing empty homes with or without the province's help and Ian it's uh, a very controversial subject. Uh, some people say the city doesn't have the, the data it needs, the correct data. We really don't know how many homes 
are just sitting empty in Vancouver? Is it, uh, you know, an astronaut family, someone that uh, one child lives at the home and the family doesn't? Uh, you know, are these homes actually empty? Is there 10,000 or are there way more? Um, the province, as you heard uh, Mayor Robertson just say there, uh, he, he needs the province's help, but they'll they'll do this without their help if, if it doesn't come to the table. But uh, a lot of people say they need the data from the province to, to make something actually viable as far as it comes to taxing empty homes. Well, the bureaucracy is, has to come through uh, Victoria. Uh, my issue is, uh, while I think a speculation tax is good, I was also reminded this past week that uh, it may be too late for a speculator's tax because... It's, we're that deep into it now, mm-hmm. but that's something to look at for the future. I think that the, the mayor is on the, the on the right track. However, I think that taxing vacant homes, I, I don't want any level of government telling me what I can do with my home. If I'm paying property taxes, that should be enough. Now, whether I live there or don't live yeah, there. Vacation home or... It, your, it's really none of their business. Your child is going to school, so you buy a home from yeah. there. Yeah. If, right? if the if uh, the front yard or the backyard is unsightly and I'm desecrating the neighborhood, yeah, yeah, come tell me to clean it up and get it together. But this alone is not going to... I, I'm not convinced. I haven't seen an argument. I've said this before that if you put a tax on an empty home, how is that going to help the affordable housing crisis? How is one person who can't afford uh, rent or a home going to be able to afford one of these so-called vacant homes? Because of the so-called 10,000 that are available, most of those are higher-end condos and single-family homes. I don't see how they'll become affordable for people who can't get into the market now anyway. Yeah, very good point. And the the mayor saying, uh, regardless of what we think, I guess the time now is to act. And uh, that's what the city plans to do. It's frustrating that there has been no action to date from either the provincial or federal government. But we've been in conversations. We've been flagging this. Uh, obviously, media and, uh, and we've heard from uh, financial institutions, banks, uh, economists for many months now that we are in a dire situation and we need action from the provincial and federal government. So... We'll look forward to this being uh, the next positive step that we can take together. Robertson says the punitive tax would boost rental supply at a time when there's almost no vacancy and a crunch on affordability. And uh, when uh, this empty homes report came out uh, earlier this year, uh, you know, a number of them in Coal Harbor, a number of them, as you mentioned, high end units. So uh, time will tell if this has any impact on uh rental affordability. Well, the one impact that it will have, John, and you can be certain about this, with a provincial election looming next year, uh, and the campaign, to my eyes at least, is already on, something will happen. It has to happen because it doesn't matter where you go, people are talking about real estate. And real estate has always been, I call it a sport in Vancouver, especially in a year when the Canucks had such a rotten season. Uh, so the second topic that people want to talk about is now the number one topic. That's real estate. Everywhere you go, I, I'll bet you find the same thing. So that message is, is surely getting through to the provincial government, and they want to win the next election because it, they, they need that support. Yeah, and speaking about the province, uh, Premier Christy Clark says her government will lay out a plan to address housing affordability in the coming days or the coming weeks. Clark actually took to YouTube to announce six principles that – she says they will consider in their upcoming plan. She calls for all levels of government to work together. We've heard that before. Better transportation investments and also helping out first-time home buyers. Making it a little bit easier for someone who hasn't yet built up any equity in the housing market to find their way in. In, in that announcement, Ian, she also talked about helping out renters. We have to protect consumers as well 
from shady practices. And we have to make sure that it's not just about home ownership, that people who are in a position to rent and want to find a home can find one. And that means increasing the number of rental units that are available. So on this empty homes taxi and uh, coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Thomas Davidoff, who we've talked to a lot here on the program, but he's an expert of UBC. And uh, we're also going to talk to the housing critic, David Eby, and find out uh, just what they think of this and um, and get their reaction, because uh, these are two voices that are very vocal when it comes to real estate and affordability issues in Vancouver. Vancouver Real Estate Today continues on News Talk 980 CKNW. We heard the word softening this past week when it comes to Vancouver real estate. We'll bring in a realtor to talk about that a little bit later in our program. Also coming up, uh, vetting your realtor and your expectations from your realtor. John, let's continue with the the big story this week. Uh, Is there... Is there more to talk about in some of the items that uh, people are focusing on real estate? Yeah, we, um, you know, we got reaction, uh, of course, to this empty homes report, uh, our empty homes tax uh, announcement from the city of Vancouver. We asked associate professor at UBC's Souter School of Business, Thomas Davidoff, his thoughts on the uh, news. People who own property here but don't work and pay income tax here and don't act as landlords have been an important factor driving up housing costs for people who do live and work here. So taxing that class of owner more than they're currently taxed is a great idea. I think a vacancy tax will only capture a fraction of people who don't pay income taxes here but own property. There's so-called astronaut families who have part of the family living here but not declaring income. Uh, You've got people who use vacation homes occasionally, uh, and that wouldn't be taxed under a vacancy tax. So I think it's better than nothing, uh, but not as good as what about 50 economists in the lower mainland have signed on to, which would be a broader tax uh, on the people who are driving up housing prices without contributing to the local economy. So with that, generally the next question would be, you know, how could the city determine which homes are actually vacant? There's a little bit of a trick, which is, of course, some people buy a property and aim to redevelop it, and you probably wouldn't want to tax them since redevelopment is a useful thing. Uh, I don't think a a full year of vacancy is an appropriate target. I think that's too narrow. Uh, If you're not using the property six or eight months of the year, I certainly think that ought to be subject to a higher tax. Uh, And then the question is, how do you measure uh, vacancy. Do you have the utilities Gestapo making sure that there's enough electricity and water use? Of course, that's something that can be faked by an owner fake, uh, subject to a tax. So I think there are some serious implementation issues. I'm quite curious to see what they've come up with, because again, I do think a vacancy tax is better than nothing, but not as good as uh, what we've proposed. Now, Ian BC's NDP housing critic agrees that the vacancy tax should be administered by the province. David Eby says Vancouver doesn't have enough information to make the vacancy tax effective. This is an initiative that uh, certainly the BC NDP uh, believes is best placed with the province because they have that income tax data, they have ready access to it, and then you don't essentially have to send inspectors around to figure out whether a place is empty or not. Uh, You can just use the tax data. It's very clear whether or not somebody is uh, using BC as their permanent residents and whether or not they're renting out a unit. Uh, so, it, But failing that, I mean, clearly the province has signaled they're not interested in acting on this. Uh, failing the province showing up to the table, uh, the city has to act, and I'm glad they are. 
EB calls it an absolute crime to have more than 10,000 vacant condos in the city in the middle of a housing crisis. He says a half measure from the city is better than nothing at all. We also asked him about the challenges knowing exactly which homes are vacant. Well, there, there are some uh, no-brainers. You know, there are rental buildings that are sitting, uh, for example, uh, totally vacant as, uh, as investments where they've deteriorated to the point where they're not occupied. Um, and then there are some that are much more challenging. And Vancouver wouldn't be the first city to look at this. For example, Paris uh, implemented a tax like this. And what they found was in the first year, they had very significant revenue from the tax, but then it fell off very quickly as people hired agencies to make their places look lived in. They put their lights on timers. They had people put out their garbage, this kind of thing, to foil these inspections. That's why it would be ideal for the province to do this, because then they can use the income tax system, and then there's no question about it. Um, But, you know, I I think that uh, despite all the challenges, it's really important uh, that the city keep the pressure on the province uh, to do something about this. This It's an absolute crime to have more than 10,000 vacant uh, condos in a city in the middle of a housing crisis, people using uh, these condos as investments, and somebody's got to do something. Uh, Even a half measure uh, from the city uh, is better than nothing at all. Ian, are you familiar with the the campaign Generation Squeeze? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the man behind that calls it a bold move to address the housing affordability crisis. That's UBC policy professor Dr. Paul Kershaw. He applauds the mayor for forging ahead with the taxing of vacant homes with or without the province. He says he thinks the mayor is signaling that in this context of so little rental vacancy and housing home ownership prices so out of reach that. We need to remember that our housing market is first and foremost about providing a sufficient supply of homes at prices that are actually in reach for what people can earn with full-time work. However, Kershaw, too, says the province has greater power over tax policy and they should be in charge of administering the new vacancy rate. And uh, Robertson did welcome news by the federal finance minister this weekend. Uh, they want to set up a working group specifically targeting the housing affordability crisis here in Vancouver and also in Toronto and area. Robertson says it's a welcome sign that the federal government's actually taking the issue seriously. Robertson and Toronto Mayor John Tory will be joined by BC Finance Minister Mike DeYoung and his Ontario counterpart in this working group. So along with the federal finance minister, Bill Marneau, who says uh, they will meet through the summer and review all the factors that affect housing, supply and demand, affordability and stability in the market. Of course, we'll be talking about uh, the news in the UK as well with uh, their departure from the European Union. And then lastly, Ian, I have a story that uh, was very interesting, got a lot of reaction online um, and it's interesting considering our guests and the topic we have today, Ian. Uh, a young couple, they're in hot water after they tried to buy into a Langley townhome complex by writing letters directly to owners. Nothing wrong with that. The problem, they didn't identify themselves as realtors. Desi Dimov says she and her husband were looking for a home, not a flipping opportunity, and that she'd have told sellers they were realtors if anyone had actually answered the letter. I thought if I if I do say that we're realtors, that nobody will contact me because they will think that it's some kind of marketing scheme. But the Dimovs could be in trouble. Dan Morrison with the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver says it looks like they broke the rules. Our Code of Ethics and the Real Estate Services Act are very clear that if a realtor is doing any kind of business with the public, that they have to disclose that they are licensed realtors. The Real Estate Council of BC says it's looking into the case and wants to hear from anyone who have received one of those letters. Mm. Interesting story. I thought you would like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand, though, the reason that she gave 
thinking that nobody would respond if she said because being a realtor is not it's not as sexy as it sounds <laughs> no, <laughs> it no. Really, you know it's like going to the dentist right but um hey a, a letter helped me get my first home when i bought a, my first home yeah you and wrote was, a letter was, yeah i was in a bidding war i wrote a letter and that was the reason i got the home they said so uh, you know it does work and i'm proof of that but um, what you did know, you say in the letter? That wh- I said, I'm it? a young guy. I'm single. I can't afford much more than this is my only offer. Uh, I gave them one offer. That was it in a bidding war, and I got oh, the really? home. Yeah, I gave them a sob story. Wow. Yeah, it was all true. I had no money. I was young. and It was a special house law, I guess, that they wanted to, to make sure. Yeah, it was it. a special house to them. I totally gutted it and redid it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. What do you think, though, uh, just uh, as we get to our next break and we'll bring in our guest, uh, John, do you think that uh, this vacant home tax is something that, that would work? Is it going to help the affordability or the vacancy rate? I Honestly, I, I don't think it will affect it as much as perhaps the the talking heads, if you will, say it will. But uh, I think they need to do something, and this is, uh, to me, something they can do. So why not at least push forward, and, and hopefully the province uh, comes out in the coming weeks, as Premier Christy Clark said, and actually comes out with something concrete that we can take and uh, and look to the future and see some actual change could be on the horizon. Let's keep talking about it because that's how we can affect some change. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Phil Agree is an award-winning real estate agent and realtor in West Vancouver, North Vancouver, and Vancouver. He offers a very unique perspective on real estate today, and we like to bring him in every now and again to talk about some of the things that are going on. Morning, Phil. Nice to have you with us again. Hey, good morning. How are you guys today? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Um, what's your take on this empty house tax the city of Vancouver's talking about? Well, again, and I, and I think it was John that said a few minutes ago, anything to start is a good idea. I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to qualify it or what they're going to do, but, but yeah, um, you know, it, it goes back to immigration and everything. And Ian, I've said this to you before. My grandfather came here, you know, 60 some odd years ago and said, we're in a new country. We better pay our taxes and learn the rules of the new country, and they came here and participated. Um, the empty home tax, um, I, I think it's a great idea, but but this whole people buying up these homes, this is the result of the most successful government campaign ever. They, uh, how they, so? Well, they, they promoted around the world, come here and spend some money, just buy something, and you can immigrate here. Like, congratulations, it was an outstanding campaign. Mm-hmm. We are... We're we're in the result of this, and people from all over the world buying up properties, and not living here, and not being part of the communities and building it. I mean, Obama just did a beautiful speech, and I just posted on Facebook saying, "Hey, we all used to be them, and and we came here and immigrated. Now we're us." So well, this phenomenon that we're Phil, this phenomenon that we're experiencing right now. It, it, what you're saying, and, and I would con- I would concur, is that it's not new. It's just something that has been going on uh, in the Vancouver market since the 1980s, early 1980s. Everybody knows that Expo was the, the first precipitator of uh, a huge boom in real estate. And then, of course, with the Olympics, and I think people might have even responded more strongly, there was more money available to invest in this area after the Olympics. So I guess the question is, is why didn't, and who knows the answer, but why didn't we anticipate better? Why haven't we put the, the, the mechanics in place before this crisis became what it is today? 
Well, I, I think there's too many uh, too many hands and too many pockets. I think the government is, has reaped the rewards of this for far too long. They're getting a massive amount of things. Look at the property transfer tax from year to year. From yeah. All of these things. Unfortunately, the government uh, created it. And, um, and I don't know, can I blame them? Could we have known that, you know, we live in a place with water on one side, mountains on the other, limited space. It's one of the finest countries in the world mm-hmm. and a spectacular place to live. There was always going to be demand. They pushed it too far. I don't know. What did they do? You invited the wrong person to the party. They drank too much and threw up on your couch. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you blame the government for not seeing that far into the future? Well, it's not a question of placing blame on the government. It's just yeah. that th- uh, this is not a new problem. It seems only because now my my cynical side says, "Oh, we're going into a provincial election. Oh, we better start paying attention about uh, on this subject." Uh, uh, people are actually upset and worried and concerned, and people are really literally not getting into the market. Which you know, Phil, you and I were both yeah. told the same thing when we were when we were starting out. We were told by our parents and our and our uncles and our aunts that you'll never get into the market. You know, but the thing is, is now it's true because the, the, the money earned is not keeping up with the way that the housing is going. No, not even close. We, we do have two problems. We have people saying, I'll never, and you'll never be able to. And, and I've said this before. You might as well tell your kids they're stupid and ugly every day. It'll have a positive effect on us telling them they'll never be able to afford to buy a house. There still is affordable real estate. Buy, start a condo, share it with a friend. It might only have one. Start somewhere, get money in. It just does work instead of paying way more for rent than you are for a mortgage. But yeah, I I really, my cynical side is with you saying that people want to do something for their next election. So, So yeah, one thing, let's get those empty houses taxed or find a way to rent them out. And, I, I, but I don't like that. Taxes. I don't like that idea at all. I, I, something bugs me about having the government tell me what I can do with my house. So long as I keep it neat and tidy, I don't have a grow up or a drug factory or whatever else that goes on in these houses. Uh, what difference does it make to the government what I do with my house? How is my five and a half million, not that I have one, but how is my five and a half million dollar house going to help one person who can't afford to get in the market by, because I'm out of town half the year? Certainly not going to be able to rent it, that's for well, sure. Well, that's it. So what business of, of it is the government? There's surely, uh, as, as our, our, uh, uh, the co- our um, uh, guy from uh, the professor at Sodder, uh, Thomas Davidoff, Thomas Davidoff. Yeah. sorry about that, um, I think he said it. He said, yeah, this is a start, but it's really nothing. I mean, there's so many other things that they have proposed that would go far greater in length to relieving this this big plug in the market. And the other thing that I wanted to say on, on this point of this, this has been going on for so long, why has there been such a huge resistance to increasing densities? It happens in every single neighborhood and every single municipality. If we would have increased uh, the densities that, that people were looking for in 10 and 20 and 30 years ago, we may have more affordable housing on the market today. Well, sadly, I think we're going back to government people and who's getting elected next. Um, it's happening over here in uh, in North Vancouver. There's a, max, a massive amount of density increasing, but people are up in arms about it. They live in the neighborhood. You know, the old not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. So all of these things that need to be solved, who, what government employee is going to do it um, or elected official if it affects their next election coming up? And it's um, it's quite sad with that, with that kind of thing. Well, hey, one of the things I'd like to know is, how are these empty homes insured? People, most people don't realize that if I go on a vacation for three weeks, 
uh, I'm a real estate agent, so I can't get three days. But if I was, <laughs> let's say something crazy happened, I went away. If I don't have somebody checking on my home, my insurance is void. So how are all these empty homes even being insured? Pit bulls. Pit bulls. There you go. Hey, hang on a sec. We've got to take a break. I want to open up the phone, too. If you want to join us, if you're listening to this uh, Vancouver Real Estate Today program, feel free to join us. What is your thought? Uh, what is the answer? Is a vacant home tax the answer, or is there a better way? 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Our guest is Phil Legree. He's a realtor on the North Shore and in Vancouver. And we'll be back in just a moment on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are joined on the line by realtor Phil Legree, who is with Keller Williams on the North Shore, West Vancouver, North Vancouver, and in Vancouver. In fact, we'll uh, be happy to sell you a home, I'm sure, just about anywhere. Uh, Phil, I want to take a couple of calls here, too, because we invited uh, our listener to join us. Matt, uh, you wanted to say what? A couple of things. The fact you can't insure a host just because you're not there is absolute rubbish. I don't know where he gets that. I have recreational property, I'm sure, all the time, and we're only there about 10% of the time. Uh, second of all, I just came back from Fiji a couple of months ago, and uh, they have a pretty innovative solution to make the housing more affordable for people. They take town land and they lease it for 99 years, so it takes uh, uh, the price of the land uh, sort of out of the equation, and the lease payment is an affordable payment. We have a fair bit of town land in the lower mainland, um, that could be used that way as long as you, um, you know, chose to price it at an affordable lease rate. Yeah, I mean, you know what happens when the lease runs out? Look what happened uh, on the Muskingum land to the people, the leaseholders there, when they got stuck with huge increases that were, were unaffordable. I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I'm not sure, sir, that that would be our, our solution. But appreciate your, uh, your points this morning and invite you to call us again. I want to get Dennis on the line. Hi, how are you? The uh, NTOM tax is not going to work. I mean, I've been in the market for 30 years. I bought my first home in North Bend, a, a small townhouse. I don't live in the valley on a $2 million acreage. I had to build my equity, but there's an hypocrisy with business owners or uh, homeowners that I know. They don't want to lose their equity, so they're juggling this ball saying, okay, now enforce it, but I don't want to lose my equity. So how can you do that? Yeah, well, people are. I think a lot of the empty homes are a result of people just simply parking their their money in this market. And why not? It's a, as Phil said, it's a great country. We have pretty relaxed rules, and uh, this is, in fact, a, a safe place to put your money. Gary, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, I honestly do believe that uh, this problem has been around here an awful lot longer than that. I don't know whether the uh, the uh, problem started in the 50s or the 60s, but I know it was here in the 70s because when my wife and I graduated out of high school, we wanted to buy a house in East Vancouver where my I have been raised and uh, uh, my my wife was raised, my dad was raised, etc., etc. But no, we had to come out here to Burnaby. Now my gr- eldest daughter is in uh, Port Moody. And and my youngest daughter is in Coquitlam, and I guess my granddaughter will be in Calgary. I get, I get sick hey, what's wrong with Calgary? Well, just wait a minute. Just wait a minute. I'm getting tired of real estate guys and government officials telling me that I got to cram 10 million people into the lower mainland. Now, I know it's good for you guys because you, every sale that you guys get, you get money and you get up into the higher echelons of the, the, the stratosphere. But 
as far as I'm concerned, that, that's a that's a farce, by the way. You're you're suggesting yeah. that every single real estate agent is making billions of dollars, and that simply isn't the truth. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you say that because real estate people, the ones that I know, ninety nine point five percent of them are hardworking, honest people that put their trousers on just like you do in the morning, Gary, to to earn a living. Phil, what do you say to that? Well, the difference is that they're they're not like we're not like you because we have to pay for our job every month, often thousands. Often before we know if we'll ever get anything back, and and we're frustrated too. I, I don't want a pity party, but but I wrote eight offers last week. It, 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 between the research and due diligence and working to make sure my clients are buying the right place, I put at least four or five hours into each offer, just the offers and the details and the paperwork. I got none of them, so I had to tell. I'm sorry, I got one out of the eight. So I got to tell seven people, "You're not this. You want to keep trying." Um, and by the way, yes, it cost me thousands of dollars just to have my job with no sense of return. I, I, I know some amazing agents that literally have done two or three deals this year, but written 40 or 50. All the work, not only no return, but they're in thousands and thousands of dollars. But what if I said to you, what, Phil, what if I said to you those 10 agents sold homes that were $3 million or $5 million plus and probably got a pretty good paycheck on those ones? Would that, not, it, ma- would that not make up for over, the others? Divide it out over six months. You know, go to a car and buy a, buy a high-end $100,000 car. A salesman makes a lot of money. The dealership didn't close down. There's, just this, there's, there's more things that don't go than do go, especially now in this insane market. I know hey, hey, Phil, let's just, deal, let's just deal with this one point uh, okay. before our break with Gary yeah. and his, uh, his assertion, which I, I, I do agree with. And he said that this is not, and I mentioned this to you in our last segment, this is not a phenomenon that's new to this area. Uh, he asked, why do we need so many people in this area? Well, I think his point was excellent. The fact that it's been going on probably a lot longer than we realize or admit to, you know, whether it's the 70s or 60s or 50s. I think that was an excellent point. But I don't know where he gets off that real estate agents want higher density to make more money. Funny enough, each one of us actually live in an area, in a home. I live in a home. I'm in the North Shore. Do I want 100 homes around me instead of 20? No. But the reality of the planet is, you know, the population is going to go up. It's going to increase in areas so, you know, people have always headed to other areas when they had to. But I, I, I'd like to be able to buy another or a different house over here. I can't afford to. Let's get into um, this whole idea of real estate agents, realtors in general. <laughs> we'll come back from a break. We'll talk about realtors and expectations that people have on your industry and what your industry can do better to improve perhaps the image that is um, got you upset. Uh, our own, our phone is uh, open if you want to jump on at 604-280-9898 or star 9898. We're talking to Phil Agree from Keller Williams. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Our guest on the line is Phil Agree, Keller Williams. He's a realtor on the North Shore and in Vancouver with plenty to say on uh, the market. I also want to get to more calls here, Phil. Ron is on the line. Ron? Oh, hi there. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I'll just be really quick and to the point here. Don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I feel the problem with uh, foreign home ownership in not just British Columbia, but in Canada, the answer is very simple. If you don't own a Canadian passport, you can't buy land. There's many countries in the world that do that. 
and I feel that would solve a lot of our problems. I think uh, that's a good point, Ron. And I think uh, for my for and I said this at the outset, we're a little late on the whole speculation tax. So it may be we may be out of the gate that the, the what is it the horses left the barn. How about you, Carol? What do you think? Um, my question actually is for the real estate agent who just made mention about the uh, insurance on your home. So if a vacant condo owner has a flood, a fire, or electrical problems, which affects the other condos above, below, and beside them, what happens to those homeowners and their financial losses in their own condos, according to the real estate agent saying that there's no house insurance on that vacant property? So would those people obviously have to claim on their own house insurance at no fault of theirs that the vacant homeowner um, has no, there's no repercussion. And if they're foreign investors, how do you absolutely try to sue and recoup your losses? Phil? Wow, that's, that, that, that's a great point uh, to show that people don't really listen to many of the words uh, on the show. The other guy that said it was rubbish, my statement about non-insurance, never made any statement about insurance. I asked. I wonder yeah. how these people are insuring their homes. I had a client that sold their home recently, and later she wanted to go out and buy a condo to rent out. And I'll tell you what, after she called six insurance companies, she called me back and said, I can't find insurance. And I well, what do you mean? And we talked about it. You can get insurance when it's a, very easily, of course, here, when it's attached to your current home. If I wanted to buy an investment property insured, it's very easy. And I know all my friends that have um, resort properties, they insure them as well. I'm saying it's difficult in some cases, and I want it, and I think Carol's point is perfect. Are all the homes that are vacant properly insured? I know in a condo, um, most strata will make sure that a, a, a vacant car in the parking lot has insurance to make sure everyone's covered. I would like to know if that's something that's being covered off. If these vacant homes are insured, and like you said, Ian, or somebody else, they better be uh, kept appropriate for the neighborhood. We should know that they're insured in case a home burns down with the one next to it. Same thing with the condos. I think that's a great point, Carol. I don't know. I've never said you can't get insurance. I just know people that have had hard times getting insurance just to buy one um, condo that they were going to rent out. It's a good question, you know, and I think it's something that we're going to uh, pledge to look into mm-hmm. more deeply. And in the interest of time, love to know. I want to get Wayne on here. Wayne? Good morning. Hi. What do you want to say? We've got about a minute uh- Okay, well, I'll talk fast. And um, I've sold real estate in the west side of Vancouver for about 28 years. And um, most of the people I deal with are sellers, and they're at that age of retirement or empty nesters. And every single one of them seems to want the most money they can get. Either they do or their family does. Mm -hmm. And they actually don't care if the buyer is from wherever. They don't care if he's going to leave it empty. They don't care (laughs) if it's going to knock down. They want the dollar. Absolutely. So I understand what the government wants to do. And I think it's more political than anything else. But all the sellers, they just want to sell for the most money. So for everything that good might happen, it will affect somebody in a negative way. So there's always the other edge of the knife. No, that's a good point. And I really appreciate you uh, uh, making that point. Uh, John? Yeah, very interesting. I think um, it's a a great topic. And that insurance idea is something we are going to discuss. Hopefully next week we'll try to bring you a package on that, uh, Ian. Uh, Just lastly, while we have Phil here, I just uh, report out uh, this week a market intelligence report by the uh, BC Real Estate Association. Uh, Basically, uh, Chief Economist Cameron Muir arguing that uh, growth 
in home prices will likely trend lower over the next uh, 12 months, meaning a bit of a cool down in the market. Phil, I uh, just wanted to to get your take on that, if you've read the report or what you're seeing right now uh, out and uh, in the market. Yeah, good question, John. Um, like, don't we all wish we had the crystal ball? Mm. But do I do I believe it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, anecdotally, um, tons of people at open houses, and then they were getting, you know, seven or eight offers or nine or ten on Mondays or Tuesdays, and I'm seeing them getting one or two, a lot more. And this has been happening a lot more than North Shore. Things on the market just a little bit longer. So I think people look for a reason not to make a decision. We got to go, know Phil. That. Yep. So, yeah. So, no, yeah. Listen, I think it's we'll, going to slow down. We'll get you back. Thank you for that. Um, you're not going to be a stranger here. Phil Agree, a realtor with Keller Williams on the North Shore. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can always uh, reach out to us on our CKNW website, cknw.com. Jamie Benteen, our technical producer for John Meyer. My name is Ian Power. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today. Stay tuned for Charmaine Da Silva and CKNW Weekend. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.